Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Chickie Fitzgerald on Solutions Live, and this is a special broadcast for the Executive Girlfriends Group. And we are just so excited to have this special show, which is leading up to the Miami Book Fair. It is Tuesday, November 13th today, and our guest is author Laura Bell, who has written an amazing memoir called Claiming Ground. Good morning, Laura. Good morning, Chickie. It's great to be here. Great, and I understand you are already on the ground in Miami, and uh, I love your commentary on being barefoot, which is not something that you normally get to do. No, it was snowing and blowing in zero degrees in Wyoming when I left yesterday morning, so it's great. Great. And you live in Cody, is that correct? I do. I live just outside of Cody on Sage Creek. Well, great. Well, uh, we are in Tampa, Florida here, and we have glorious weather this morning as well, and I am so looking forward uh, to coming to Miami for the Miami Book Fair. It is my first, and I understand it's your first as well. My first as well, yes. um, My husband is working um, out of South Florida, so uh, that's why I'm kind of related to this area now, so happen happen to be in the neighborhood. Oh, that is terrific. Yes, um, you know, Patty Brinkman, who is our executive producer, and I have just been so excited building up to this week because we had been asked about a month and a half ago to broadcast live from uh, the book fair. And when I first heard about it, I thought, book fair, okay, this sounds like something little that's, you know, like on a a uh, fairground somewhere. And, and then as I started researching, it's like, oh, no, no. this is the largest <laughs> book fair in the world. And so uh, we are just so honored uh, to have the opportunity. And actually, I'm bringing my husband with me, too. Our, our anniversary is this weekend. So we're uh, doing a, a combination getaway and uh, doing the show live there uh, from Miami. That's great. I'll look forward to meeting you in person. Well, great. Well, Laura, let's uh, let's step back a little bit because uh, for those who don't know about Claiming Ground, uh, this is your personal story of just an amazing odyssey. And uh, you know, it's so funny when I read uh, a, a little bit of your bio that um, that our producer had provided to me. Uh, it talked about you, you know, kind of just leaving your family home in uh, Kentucky and going off to herd sheep in Wyoming. And uh, actually, it's funny because a couple of weeks ago, I was driving down one of the main streets here in Tampa, and there's a, a homeless chap who, who is, he's been there for, gosh, uh, five or ten years. And he put out a sign and said that he was looking for a job sheep herding. <laughs> I thought, well, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure you're in the wrong place. And so when I got your bio and, and uh, the, the outline for the book, I thought, okay, well, this, this is an interesting lead-in. So there had to be some precipitous event that kind of led you up Absolutely. to deciding that you wanted to do this. So why don't you introduce – go ahead. No, I was just okay. going to say, why don't you introduce us to – Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Maybe I should carry him back to Wyoming with me when I head back in a couple of weeks. (laughs) (laughs) That would be great. Anyway, what I was saying is, why don't you go ahead and just introduce us to Laura Bell. Tell us a little bit about what brought you to that momentous event in your life. Oh, you know, I... um, I had grown up outside of Nashville, Tennessee, always loving horses and um, preparing for a life as a sheep herder, even though I had no idea at the time. You know, I would head off to the hills every um, every day that I didn't have school or, or a job, and I would pack a lunch and take a book and wander off uh, out into the fields. And as I found out later, that was that was really great practice for becoming a mm. You know, I, I was one of... Um, those kids and perhaps you were one or you have one that um you know i I grew up in a close family and surrounded by layers of home and belonging i grew up in nashville as one of five children a minister's daughter but it took me a lot of years and a lot of miles behind me to really be able to see that um and appreciate the love that I had growing up. Mm. And um, as I grew up, you know, I was one of those kids also did everything right. I just dotted every I, crossed every T. And as soon as I finished college, I just left. I wanted to go far, far away. And I ended up in northern Wyoming on a sheep ranch. And for three years, I herded sheep in the, in the wide open spaces without, for six months at a time with no cell phone, no hot water, no shower, no pay phone even. It was really a different age. This was back um, back in the sort of mid to late 70s. Well, and, and um, your intro to the book says that you were part of this beguiling community of drunks and eccentrics. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, this was, this was a sheep ranch that uh, when I was there ran 10 bands of sheep, each of about a thousand a piece. And the group of folks that they had herding sheep were, um, and this is really isn't always the case, but these were men, really, who could not do anything else. You know, they were all broken down cowboys, they were drunk, they were out with the sheep because they couldn't be around people. Um, I couldn't see it at the time, but there was a reason why I was part of that group. <laughs> mm. And so, I say later in life, I, I look back and I and I mm-hmm. feel really lucky. I, I I could have done heroin or you know been right. alcoholic. I really was looking for a place to hide out, but I was so lucky in my choosing to choose a place that was also able to heal me. Well, tell me about your family's reaction, because it's interesting. You and I share being a preacher's kid. Uh, okay. I am actually the youngest of three girls, and uh-huh. and so may may have been uh, the more rebellious of the sibling group. Well, not may have. I definitely was. And I had two <laughs> older sisters who dotted every I and crossed every yeah. T. And one of them is in Idaho, and the other one actually is in Southern, Southern California. So I'm not, not sure uh, which one even came close to what, what you have done. But tell me about your family's reaction when, when you said you were going to leave. Well, you know, my parents were really busy. You know, with five kids and a church. Um, they, you know, my mother has 
recently, she said, you know, we weren't really that concerned. We just thought you were following your heart. Uh, you know, they had really busy full lives. They didn't have really a lot of time to right. helicopter parents, as we sometimes see today. Um, so they just assumed that I was on my path. Uh, but I also, you know, I don't know now that I was wishing to be called back. Right. Right. So when, once you got there, how how did you even know where to go? You know, I graduated from college. I went west with um, one of my older sisters and her husband. Uh, he was working on an archaeological dig in northern Wyoming. And I went along to travel with my sister while he was doing that work. And through the folks on that dig, I was introduced to this old sheep herder on Little Mountain who, um, and we had a picnic at his camp and he was was in a little log cabin. He had a couple of horses and dogs and goats and sheep and it was just my childhood dream come true. And I asked him if he needed any help and he said no. But if I wanted to stay, he would give mm-hmm. me one of his horses and set me up in one of the other cabins. So I stayed the rest of that summer and he said, Oh you should and I rode every day and I explored and I just I lived a fantasy life of mine. He said, Oh, you should come back in the winter, I'll get you a job blamming and I just laughed. If I had graduated from college I was sure I had, you know, bigger and better things ahead of me. But I was so lonesome and felt so misplaced and defined my place in the world, I ended up, you know, called that in February when it was 20 below zero. Oh, my. It's like a little covered wagon with a wood stove in it. And that's when I lived that winter and, and um, worked in the lambing sheds, lambing out 10,000 ewes with their babies. Oh, my goodness. Whatever college graduate hopes for, but um, <laughs> it, it fit me. <laughs> So, Laura, did you keep a journal the whole time, or or, uh, do you just have an incredible memory that you were able to capture, uh, you know, your feelings and and all of those interactions uh, in the book, Claiming Ground? Good good question, Chicky. People ask me that often. I did keep a journal, um, but it really looks nothing like what I write now. Um, There was a lot of sort of whining and self-indulgent, you know, emotion. But I was at least um, smart enough to write down a lot of these now, fragments of dialogue uh, from the people that I worked with, the dates of um, the different moves uh, out on the range when when she came to get moved, Um, the names of grasses and names of flowers that were blooming, things like that that really um that have really used a lot as I've written this memoir. Other than that, I had to just really set myself back down in that time in a right. very, very med- meditative state and recall events and write them from my heart and my mind and my memory. So, right, right. So tell us what was the the most surprising thing that you discovered 
really about about the land itself and and perhaps your preconceived notions before you went. Um, and then I'd like to kind of turn that inward to what what were the the most surprising things you found out about yourself. Mm. Well, you know, they're a little bit connected. I think that's that surprised. <laughs> that's why I asked them together. By the way, <laughs> there was a method to my madness. <laughs> the thing that surprised. And Laura, you're fading in and out just a tad bit for us. So uh, okay. I'll, uh, I'm out on my back porch where the signal is the best. I'll try to be real still. Okay. Um, the thing that surprised me the most was that I actually was able to get what I thought I wanted, which was to be all by myself. And I made that happen, which was both a powerful thing and a frightening thing. Um, I found myself all by myself, out on the range with only a couple of dogs and a horse and no way to communicate except through letters, you know, once a week uh, when I would come to camp. And that's what I always thought I wanted. And I made it happen. And that was really sort of miraculous and also very frightening to me. But I think it's the place that I had to begin in order to sort of heal and learn how to be part of a community and sort of learn how to love. That sounds that sounds silly in some ways, but it's true. Well, and you were definitely learning how to love different kinds of people that perhaps you didn't come in contact with when you were uh, a part of your your what I'll call your normal life uh, in in the Nashville area. Yeah, that's that's true. That's uh, didn't come across. Not even the homeless man who was looking for a job as a sheep herder. Um, no, but I, you know, I was always sort of drawn to a transient community. Uh, my mm-hmm. parents moved up to Lexington, Kentucky, while I was in college, and um, I would. Uh, show up uh, at the racetrack there at Keeneland in the pre-dawn hours and hot walk. Yes, it's a beautiful place. Um, And hot walk the thoroughbreds in the early hours. Um, And that racing community was also somewhat transient. I always sort of felt drawn to that. Very interesting. So what did you do after you left, and how how long was it before you uh, began putting pen to paper uh, in actually writing Claiming Ground? You know, I I, I really came to writing late in life, um, and and I certainly never set out to write memoir. But I think because of the unusual experiences I'd had being out at sheep camp, living among the wild horses, cowboying. All of those things are pretty unusual for a young woman. Um, People would ask me to write, you know, a story for the paper or something. And I would set out to write a story about the wild horses or, you know, cowboying. But what came out, no matter what I was writing, I found that what came out was this 
underlayer of longing for home and for family and for belonging. And um, no matter how simple a story I set out to write, it turned out to be rather deep and complex. And so I began to put, and, and this was probably in my 40s, early 40s, I started to write what I considered personal essays and worked on that for probably 10 years and got some of those published. And then I I got them, actually I was lucky enough to get that collection of personal essays in front of the editor of my dreams at Knopf. And he wrote back to me, he said, you know, the first 100 pages is as beautiful as anything I've ever read about that life you lead. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you how the last part disappoints me. And I had, um, you know, the first 100 pages I had written not really having any idea what I was writing about. I was writing blind, putting myself down in a time and really writing from my unconscious. And he loved that. He said, I, I don't know where you're taking me, but I want to follow you. And the last mm. half, I, I got all smart and I was writing essays. Right. And, you know, I know that since you have been uh, uh, living in, in Cody, you have been doing uh, work with the Wyoming Arts Council, and you have received a couple of literature fellowships um, as well as a couple of awards. Now, those those fellowships, what, what does that translate to? Are, are they um, – is it funding for doing additional writing, or, or what, what does that fellowship sure. represent? Sure, you know, those, the fellowships, um, they involve some money, $1,000, $2,000, $3,000. But more than anything, um, they they spurred me on. They, um, they validated um, my writing, and encouraged me to keep writing. Um, I think at heart I always wanted to be a writer, but I really never thought that I could take up that space. You know, I right. thought that that was something that was beyond me. So that they really encouraged me more than anything else. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I have done uh, quite a bit of writing myself. A lot of it has been, you know, very industry specific to the industry I come out of, which is the travel and tourism industry. Um, but every time I would walk into a bookstore, and and I, you know, I love books. So, you know, I'm just going to be in hog heaven this weekend, being at, at the book fair. But uh, every time I would stand in front of the bookshelves, I would get so intimidated. It's like I want to write a book, but how in the world do you break through that clutter? And the funny thing is that right as I was thinking that, and I've been doing my various radio shows for about four years, I would start looking on the shelves, and I would look, and I would think, oh, I interviewed that one and that one and that (laughs) one. And and all of a sudden I would feel better because, see, my place – uh, is actually on the other side, really uh, helping authors tell their stories. And, you know, I kept thinking I was going to tell mine. And so we quite often discover things about ourselves uh, in very, very unexpected ways. Um, Laura, one of the other things I would like to talk about in, in the last, uh, you know, 10 minutes or so that we have left 
is uh, the work that you're doing for the Nature Conservancy. Uh, Patty, our executive producer, might have told you that uh, we actually have another radio show that we're going to be airing live at the book fair called Uncommon Giving. And we focus on helping uh, the business professional understand how they can donate their time, their talents, their treasures uh, to nonprofits that are in tremendous need, especially right now, uh, you know, coming uh, out of this this last economic uh, crisis that we have had. And uh, I, I know uh, Patty is extremely passionate about the Nature Conservancy and the work that they have done, and she's done uh, a lot of work. Uh, she uh, is a, a very, very talented and award-winning uh, video photographer and has done some documentaries um, uh, in, in that vein. So talk to us a little bit about your work for the Nature Conservancy. Sure. Jackie, thanks for bringing this up. <clears throat> I definitely feel as though I have, spent the first half of my life learning lessons and really want to focus what I have left, the second half, on writing and on giving back um, to the communities and the country that um, has sort of raised me up. So, yes, um, for uh, 10 years, I was Northwest Wyoming Program Director for the Nature Conservancy. Uh, I was doing conservation projects uh, across the land, conserving uh, large landscapes, buying up ranches that were for sale and getting them in the hands of people, private ownership that would uh, protect them. Uh, I was also doing fundraising for the conservation projects. Um, and it felt so good to be able to give back to the to that landscape that has been so important to me and what a great group of people to work with. I no longer work full-time for them, as I'm writing full-time now, but I do volunteer for them, and I uh, have been working part-time for them uh, in the summer and the fall, helping out uh, visiting the landowners and the conservation projects that we need to visit every year. Um, so I just feel like that's a big part of giving back to the community um, and connecting with other people who, for whom that wild landscape is so important. Right. I've also been volunteering for another group that um, it, uh, is involved with working with at-risk youth using horses uh, as a mm. therapeutic tool, uh, something which I'm writing about in this novel that I'm working on. But um, So I feel like Oh, I have been so lucky, so blessed in my life to now be able to give back, and I, I love spending time um, volunteering. Well, I have got another author that uh, she, she's actually a business author, but she uh, also shares the passion for utilizing horses uh, to help youth. And uh, so uh, after our, our uh, call today, I will definitely make that introduction. Um, her name is Rebel. And, uh, she oh, I love is, the name. Uh, yeah, her name is Rebel Brown, and she is just an amazing uh, woman. And we have had her on the Executive Girlfriends Group uh, show as well, so you will thoroughly enjoy her. She uh, actually lives in Northern California 
but she travels all over the country with with the horses and has been devoting quite a bit of her time. So, so if if one of our listeners is interested in in giving back and and uh, whether it's the Nature Conservancy or or you know another charity that utilizes. Uh, you know whether it's uh, you know God's wonderful creatures, the horses, or or whether it's just helping out with the land. How how would you recommend that they go about analyzing what what they can do? And I mean, anyone can write a check, but if they want to give of their time or, or their talents, what are the kinds of things that are needed in these organizations? Oh, you know, gosh, just first make the phone call, make the click online to connect with a person and talk with them about what they need. And often, it, you know, um, like working with the horses, you don't have to be a tremendous horse person. You could be helping in the office or you could be mucking out stalls. You could be a horse leader um, for the Nature Conservancy. Uh, gosh, in, in the Cody area, uh, we have volunteer days where we're out rolling up, uh, taking down fences that are old and not friendly to wildlife and you're out there with your leather gloves on and your coats and you're, you know, just enjoying working hard with your other colleagues. But they also need people to help address invitations to an event. They need, you know, people to help in the offices. There are all kinds of ways that you can help an organization and just get on the phone, make contact with um, a person and ask what they need and um, and maybe even try something that you didn't think you knew how to do um, because this is about giving back but it's also always I think about growing yourself and, and learning well I think that that uh, sums up what claiming ground is all about is is discovering uh, really, what's what's uh, often hidden when we are amidst, uh, you know, just our normal life, and and uh, you know, a lot of people don't have the opportunity to to take that break that you did. But you know, I think that the kind of courage that you showed as as a young woman going off into a very very male dominated uh, world, um, you know, really gives uh, hope to those people who are listening who maybe are still searching. So what are what are the words of wisdom that you would leave us with here in, in the last uh, couple of minutes of the show? Um, well, you know, really that we all have our journeys, and they're all important. They may not look like my particular journey, um, but we all have to find our place in the world and find our voice. And um, and Laura, you're fading out on us again a little bit. So if you could okay, just repeat sorry. that thought. Okay. Um, you know, we all have our journeys, and they're separate, um, and they may not look like mine, but we all have to be able to find our place in the world, find our voices, to step back from the lives that we've lived, and take a look and choose what it is we want to keep about what we've done and and what we want what stories about ourselves we want to discard and move on and i think that's right. something that we all do 
So, Laura, what's share. the next book? Is there is there another novel? There is a novel in the works uh, coming slowly but surely, um, and it explores um, some themes of loss and transformation and certainly is set out on the landscape of Wyoming. Uh, and it explores, you know, really the healing that can come through horses. And Wonderful. I'm really having a good time with it. I'm, I'm ultimately very challenged by fiction, which tells me I'm in a good place. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you're going to be in great company this week at the Miami Book Fair. I'm Laura, so I am just so grateful that you made time uh, to be on the show today, and I am so looking forward to meeting you. So we will connect later in the week. And, again, thank you so much for your time. Oh, this, thank you so much for having me. Well, it was my pleasure. And Laura Bell, her memoir is Claiming Ground. Make sure to grab it. It is a wonderful read. And, Laura, have a great week. Thank you. I'll see you this weekend. Okay, terrific. For more information about the Executive Girlfriends Group, see www.executivegirlfriendsgroup.com. And for more information about the Rock the World Network, see www.rocktheworldnetwork. And you will see a link also for our Uncommon Giving Radio Show. Thanks for listening.